0: Perspective.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Paris Perspective with me, David Coffey. In December of 1997, the first international agreement of its kind, the Kyoto Protocol, was launched. That was a deal that would stabilise greenhouse gas concentrations in the climate it to prevent... Dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system. Flash floods, rising sea levels, record droughts, and extreme weather would all be consigned to the annals of history. 25 years later, has the climate doomsday clock? Been reversed. Have the COP summits offset the like, climate apocalypse despite the succession of promises from G7 nations to mitigate the consequences of the Earth's temperature rising over 1.5 degrees Celsius? Today I'm joined in studio by Stefan Savarez, who's the CEO of Technocarbon, which is a company that produces low carbon building materials to replace steel and concrete, and that's based here in Paris. Stefan, it's great to have you on the programme today.
0: Thanks, David. Very nice being invited here.
1: Well... The hook for our meeting today is the anniversary of what was the first ever legally binding agreement of its kind a quarter of a century ago in Japan. But also we're going to look at the results of the recently concluded climate summit in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt, the COP27 meeting that took place in Egypt. Um, At that meeting, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres called for an end to what he called a toxic cover-up by companies who claim to be carbon net zero if they invest in new fossil Fuels cause deforestation or offset emissions instead of reducing them. Now, he condemned what he called bogus net zero pledges that cover up massive fossil fuel expansion. And that is responsible for a toxic cover up that he said that could push our world over the climate cliff. This is also known to you and I as greenwashing. And part of the greater scheme of greenwashing. Now, where do we actually stand after COP27? You yourself were at the COP26 that took place in Glasgow last year. What has moved on since uh, Sharm el-Sheikh meeting uh, last month?
0: Well, you know, since COP21, we we have had a very great show of goodwill. Everybody wants to uh, help uh, building a new climate transition where we would actually curb down emissions and then switch to net zero, which is uh, the target for 2040 if you want to go uh, to plus 1.5 degrees and latest 2050, 2055 uh, for plus 2.0. And then beyond plus 2.0, we are in the no-go zone, in the the red climate zone where... We don't know what would happen, but probably catastrophic climate change. So if we want to move away from that fear of catastrophic climate change, we need to give people hope and we need to start defining the solutions. Mm -hmm. So the first target is, have we reduced um, greenhouse gas emissions? Mm -hmm. And the, the answer is Probably yes and probably no. Uh, we will have a few years coming from now where the emissions will go up and down because we haven't, we have the goodwill, but we haven't got our act together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, this is the big focus of the next few years, which is how do we get our act together on climate change?
1: And that brings me actually to a point um, that uh, Mary Robinson, the former Irish president, who is also uh, the the head of the elders group of, uh, of states, uh, men, women, states, people, you could say, um, she was very vocal in saying that we have to change the message on climate change, that we, if we keep on pushing for catastrophe, for disaster, for uh, cataclysmic events, people are just going to throw their hands in the air and not make the effort. They're saying, look, we're already done for. How do you think that message can be changed? And is it a, because, I mean, let's just say you're one individual small player among a whole field of players. Can you all get on message on the same time with the same focus?
0: Well, the the field has been very uh, divided. Mm. Uh, Some people were saying, oh, it's too late for plus 1.5, which Mm. is really the bad message about climate change. It's not true. We have a choice, and the choice is don't choose extinction. That would be stupid. Okay. (laughs) If you say, oh, it's not possible, and we just give up, then we choose extinction, and Mm. that's not the clever choice. So the, the clever choice is, yes, we can do it, but the challenge is huge. So how do we get our act together and the solution, the solutions must be simple uh, easy to understand and very efficient mm-hmm. and efficient in the short term and in the long term at the same time now bringing up the point
1: of greenwashing for example um i mean what mechanisms are in place to evaluate whether com- companies are actually tangibly cutting emissions um, are there transparency mechanisms for example that are actually working that we can actually get the data from
0: well, we've got new data from an organization named Climate Trace, uh, which is a coalition of organizations. And uh, a company named What Time has done a tremendous job of proving that. First, our estimates on greenhouse gas emissions are too optimistic. Mm. Each, there are 200 countries, and all the countries have underestimated their emissions for years. So so the the message which is, oh, we may have cut down emissions. In fact, no, we haven't, because we just discovered, and that comes from satellite measurements, a new satellite system has been um, used Mm. to measure the actual emissions. And the actual emissions in every country are larger than what... All the countries have declared. Mm-hmm. So, and, and there is a global stock take uh, that, that is to, to be made. And the, the, the analysis shows that the stock, stock take is not accurate. Mm-hmm. So we first get our act together on measurement and then on measures. So measurements are now available and pretty uh, accurate. Mm-hmm. And they show that the results are not good. So the next big cup will be cup 31st, uh, cup twenty. Uh, 30, 31, sorry. Yeah. And, and, and since COP26, what has happened is that everybody has agreed that the target, the target is plus 1.5. This means that we must switch to net zero before 2040, yeah. not 2050. Not 20, not 20. So uh, this means that we even have a, a bigger challenge than what every, everybody thought mm-hmm. uh, to tackle. And the, the, the solution is very simple. You must stop coal earlier. than than what had been anticipated. You must put a fair price on carbon, and you must uh, decide that tree planting, forest protection, and um, change, switching to non-fossil fuels is a priority and this hasn't been done
1: yes I mean indeed there you know there have been concerns that some firms haven't exactly aligned their efforts um, with climate science I mean they're failing to account for emissions from key activities that they do and you know or they say that they you know they're making up for um, you know pollution today with carbon credits and activities like trees planting but what's the point of planting trees if you're the one who's ripping them out of the ground so I mean, Am I right in saying essentially that multinationals as they stand or let's just say multinationals that are involved in deforestation um, who are really the big perpetrators of greenwashing, that they're essentially running to stand still when it comes to carbon neutrality. They're not making any progress.
0: Yes, both both corporations and government mm. are not making progress. When the G20 is arguing that TCFD, you know, the, those new rules about uh, climate ac- accounting can uh, change the, the situation, it's not true. Uh, the only thing that can really change the way business is done is putting a price on carbon yes and it's not because they have to do some climate change reporting that is going to change their strategy and the way the accounting is done
1: yes climate accounting i like that that's a very good uh, that's, uh, that, that, that that will stay in my head um, now we're, we're we're also talking today as we you know the, the the hook for our meeting is the 25th anniversary of the kyoto protocol on sunday um uh, now moving on from that that really laid the foundations for the 2015 paris agreement uh, which did lay bear the ambitious aim of limiting global warming, as we said, to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Um, But this, the Paris Agreement, it hasn't really gathered the traction that everyone expected back then. We see the images of all of the world leaders. It was almost like Neville Chamberlain coming off the uh, plane from Berlin. They were all very happy with themselves. It was peace in our time. The world would be saved. What do countries need to do to actually get the Paris Agreement uh, adhered
0: to? There have been two remarkable achievements since COP21. Mm. At COP26, the fact that everybody agreed that the objective was plus 1.5 degrees Celsius, Mm. which was kind of fuzzy in the conclusions of the Paris Agreement, because at that time, many countries did not agree with that. So the agreement has been reached in, in Glasgow last year. At COP27, we have the loss and damage agreement, which is yet to be implemented and so on but it, it is at least a global agreement that something should be done about it yeah. and to help the and
1: the loss and damage agreement of course this is about helping countries that are directly affected by climate change let's say in Polynesia for example where you have these small countries with rising sea levels who are going to be wiped off the map if nothing yeah. is done am I right in saying that the fund that they're looking to put in place is 100 billion is that the figure
0: it should be 100 billion per year per year <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, the, uh, and that's just a fraction of the global effort yeah. to achieve the climate transition, which is estimated to over uh, 1,200 billion per year. Yes. So um, we, we haven't even done that. Yeah. So, the, the of course, the acts are far behind the declarations, but at least we have the declarations. Yes. But everybody agrees.
1: But people have to pony up. Uh, there was a great... It's, uh, it's
0: still only goodwill. Yeah, it's, it's still acts. only goodwill. Well, this yeah. is,
1: there, there was a very good quote there from um, a member of the UN... I think it was the chief of the UN panel on uh, climate change, who said you don't get an A for just showing up to class. You get an A for doing the work and you can't pay someone else to do it. You have to do it yourself. So, I mean, that really sums it up very nicely. Um, now, again, like, it's very hard to look into the crystal ball here, but um, there is a, a company, um, a nonprofit organization called the CDP uh, Worldwide that runs a worldwide uh, disclosure system. Um, for companies to manage their environmental impacts and that they found that decarbonisation plans for major companies or major corporations from G7 nations are putting the earth on a collision course to heat potentially to a catastrophic 2.7 degrees Celsius. I mean... What exactly does that mean? When was the last time the Earth was 2.7 degrees hotter than it is today? And what climate conditions are we looking at? Because we have to almost look at paleontology and, uh, you know, paleoclimatology to actually get an idea in our head what the world would look like.
0: That was several million years ago. Yeah. So it's hard for us to imagine living in the world like that. It's very possible to live in a world like that. Mm. But the problem is the transition cities and civilizations are going to be destroyed. That's what we don't want to lose. We don't want to lose that because you know, telling humankind, okay, we just destroy everything and we start, we start afresh. Mm-hmm. Well, some people are tempted by this solution, but I think it's not a majority. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what can be done instead is to change yes. what we have, which, which is not entirely bad or entirely good. We are in the gray zone right now. And the question is, do you want to go to the red zone or the green zone? Yes. Everybody wants to go to the green zone. So le, le, how, how do we do it? Yes. Well, it's very simple. We, we need to move away from complex solutions like the exchange t- trading system. When has an exchange trading system allowed to reduce CO2 emissions?
1: hmm it, it, it d-
0: did not happen mm-hmm. over, the, over the past twenty years. We've seen failure and failures of ETS, um, putting a price of carbon. This is what G20 has been trying to avoid. Yes, by inventing new complex regulations that do not allow really accounting for CO two and for greenhouse gases. But this is what we need. We need measurements and measures to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. How do we do this? We need solutions. We don't need a thousand solutions. We don't need a hundred solutions. We need a few solutions. We need to replace coal coal with other types of energy, we need to reduce oil and gas and we need to um, um, change the way we are making materials and we need to protect forests and and plant trees. Sure. Indeed, that brings me to a point about um, recently
1: the European Union has basically greenwashed uh, natural gas as being this is a transition uh, fuel. Um, Are they being hypocritical here by saying that what is essentially a fossil fuel is, not, is, is green and is good for the environment. It's not
0: hypercrisis, it's marketing genius. Na- <laughs> natural gas, come on, it's yeah. fossil gas, not yeah. natural gas. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is natural, right? Uranium Coal is natural. Is natural okay? exactly, yeah. Coal is natural. Okay, it's a, It is a great gift to humankind. This is what has uh, enabled this uh, radio studio to exist. Yes. So we don't criticize the fact that fossil fuels have been used. We criticize the fact that from the day we knew that this was a mistake, we have to stop it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and this is what we 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 did not manage to do. We we we've saying since Kyoto twenty five years ago, oh this might be a mistake, and then COP twenty one, how many years ago?
1: Yeah, seven uh, years ago. Yeah. Yes,
0: seven years ago. Okay, we said we have to stop. Have we stopped? No. Yeah. We we we, we just managed, but there have been achievements. Countries like. China or India, who first said, oh, we're going to stop coal in 2070 or 2060. Now they agree on 2050. So there is progress. Yes. But it's still for tomorrow.
1: And there is a, another another point, um, um, because it's, it's pertinent today. Uh, there is this um, UN, um, there's a COP15 climate conference that's uh, taking place in Canada at the moment that's about biodiversity. That is, a, It's a biodiversity climate that is taking place there. That indeed runs in tandem with uh, saving the planet. I mean, they're saying that if we continue on this course that doesn 't move one million species are going to be wiped off the earth in the next fifty years um, how do you reconcile uh, let's just say the importance of, the importance of messaging climate change and also the maintenance of biodiversity. Uh, The two two seem to have kind of been grown apart, but they are both very much on the same
0: page. I I call that the asymmetry of risk. Mm. If you don't solve climate change, everything you're doing on biodiversity will be destroyed by climate change and if you address climate change you're making it making it easier to address biodiversity because to re- to to reduce climate change we need to plant forests so yeah. that helps by the diversity restoring the habitat protecting the existing habitats um, this the, this means uh, we need to be clear on the priorities the priority of this, this, this of this decade is is to reduce curb down emissions But next decade is is about net Net zero, zero. net zero in 2040. It's not carbon neutrality in 2050 anymore. We know that. Climate trace has shown, they have shown that we are moving too slowly and that we have been too optimistic on the carbon budget.
1: Absolutely. Now, Stefan, just to um, wrap up our conversation today, it was also remarked um, by, uh, you know, during the COP in uh, Sharm el-Sheikh, that indeed small actions by groups such as Technocarbon, yourself, working in unison, could even have a greater impact on mitigating climate change sector by sector rather than these big agreements such as the 2015 Paris Agreement. Now, does every gesture, and this is also, as you say, about marketing here, does every gesture towards reducing our carbon footprint make any impact on the global scheme of things?
0: Yes, we, we need both. From home uh, bec- to work it, to yeah. it's, it's building people. materials. It's all the same people. We, yeah. we are millions of people working on this now. Mm. And this is, this is the first achievement, which is mobilizing millions of pe- people in the climate transition. But now every, everyone at their, at their level have their way of acting on that. And, we, and one person doesn't need to do everything. But all the people need to do everything. Yes,
1: everybody yeah. has to pull, pull their weight and do their yeah. bit.
0: So do what you can at your level. That's the first message.
1: Okay, Stefan Savarez, CEO of TechnoCarbon. Thank you very much for joining me on Paris Perspective today. Thank you, David. And thank you for joining us. And remember, you can get all of our back catalogue of Paris Perspective on RFI English forward slash podcasts or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Have a great day and we'll be back in the new year.